Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today my guest is Ami Desai. You're a queen, I will say, but you're a mompreneur, influencer, And I don't really like the word influencer. I think you're just so much more. I think you're a lifestyle curator. Oh my God. I love that. Thank you. Actually, it's so funny you say that because I don't like the name. I don't like the word influencer either because it makes it sound very, I mean, it makes it sound like a job, but it also makes it sound like I'm in some way trying to lure people into things that I like and do, um, which I don't feel like I am. I'm just, you know, I'm giving, I always like to call myself like the big sister, you know, I'm kind of giving you advice and like tips and things that have worked for me. And so I'm just sharing that. You're living and you're giving. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Living and giving. Yes. And yes. for me, you know, you're the OG South Asian influencer. I've been following you for years before you even had your second child. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. So for me, you were doing this when no one was doing it. And 
I mean, you've paved the way for a lot of people. And now, you know, you see so many South Asian influencers. But to me, you're the original. The OG. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Makes you feel so special. <laughs> so I see you every day, you know, your skincare, hair, your family, you're doing the most. But I really want to get to, you know, the chai. We're here to spill yeah. the chai. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So like, I want to know about your upbringing. Like you're from Houston, Texas. I mean, I was born there. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm, I know some people are going to chuckle because all my close friends know that I always like to claim that I'm from Texas. I think everybody that's from Texas is really nice. And so my fiance is from Dallas. There. Exactly. And so I, wait, isn't she from H town? I thought that, that she was from H town anyways. Yeah. No, um, my I, fiance is from. Oh, Dallas. your fiance. They just said Beyonce. I was oh, like, wait, Beyonce. No, Beyonce, Beyonce is from H town. Yes. But I your feel like Beyonce is from any, I love it. Anyone who has a connection to Texas wants to yeah. like shout it from the rooftop. I, I agree because I really do think that like at the core, everybody that's from Texas is a really nice person, you know? Um, and so, yes, born there, but then literally moved when I was two. So, okay. you know, my, my birth certificate is the closest thing that I have um, connecting me there. But um, I, with that said, have so much, I feel like family and friends that live in Texas. Um, and then we came out to Cali when in the early eighties, like right after I was born, my parents moved out here um, and they were obviously there because engineering, it just made sense. Yes. Um, moved out to LA and have pretty much been here my whole life aside from like school, went to left for different schools, you know? Yeah. Um, were you allowed to date? Oh my God. No. Are you <laughs> kidding? But it was really funny. I felt like there's this interesting thing. And I think we've all talked about this, but I feel like, especially growing up in the eighties, it was so different, right? Because now I feel like the gener generationally, like I'm seeing more moms that are my age. And so they're a little bit more up with the, like, you know, what's, what's happening in schools and this and that. And so they're a little bit more open and they're more like best friends with their moms, which obviously my mom is one of my closest friends, but it was very different. Cause it's like the minute I opened my mouth about like Josh or Steve or somebody, right. Cause I went to a school, I went pretty much my entire life school. I was the only Indian person Same. in my school. And I think it's so hilarious because she'd be so down to like, oh my God, tell me everything. And then I tell her and she'd be like, what are you studying? Did you study? Did you? And I'm like, wait, hold on, wait a minute. I was just talking to you about this. And now you just flipped it on me. And now it's all about like, how am I, how I'm doing in school and this and that same thing with like clothing, right? All of a sudden I want to wear a midriff yeah. and it's okay for Gerba, but not to, you know, like wear anything like that to school. I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah. And I feel for my mom too, because I feel like she unfortunately was dealt the cards of like being, you know, migrating from India in the sixties and then having me and my brother. And it was kind of like, do with this, what you will. She had no guidance for it. Right. It came from like one school of thought and she's so progressive. This is what the funniest thing is. I have such a battle with her sometimes because she was, she's an engineer with my dad. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, super progressive, like did everything that I think back in the day, people were like, oh, oh my gosh, she you know? was working, you know, back then yeah. a lot of, you know, women in general didn't work. And that too, yeah. we do come from a patriarchal culture yeah. and your mom was an engineer living in yeah. America and, you know, God bless her. <laughs> I mean, and, and, but like everything, like she made the, she laid down the law, like she definitely you know, she steered that ship with us and everything. Um, even like she grew up eating meat. Like my dad's a hardcore vegetarian. So wow. we grew up like with the choice of eating it or not. And we do eat it. 
Um, but I mean, like, it's just so interesting that she was always so progressive. And then it's really funny because now as a married woman and I'm 40, you yeah. know, she's like, are you making sure like it's everything done at home? You know, like, right. I don't think you know, it's been take, it's taken her quite some time to actually grasp what I do for a career. So she's like, are you done playing up there? Like, can you, are you, are you taking care of the kids? Are you taking, are you taking care of Viral? Because we need to make sure that, you know, like, you know, the house is really nicely kept up for, and I'm like, mom, what are you talking like? How are you talking like this? It's, it's just so, so funny. funny. Me, you know? I, I can totally relate, especially the face you made when your mom judges you. Like yes. my mom makes the same face. It's all fun and games talking about it until it's you, you know, I was always yeah. the mom, the friend that had the mom that everyone wanted to be friends with. But right. I'm like, just be her daughter. Yeah. Totally exactly. different. Yeah. Very different. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say, I used to have like the coolest birthday parties, you know, my mom yeah. would always have like the most awesome things that all my friends were like, this is so cool. And I was like, but, you know, it's a little, it's a little tricky. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, I think having kids and then like kind of going through the process, it allows me to identify with her and understand what she had to deal with. Yeah. And I think for her also, she's very like, I'm so proud of you because I see what you're doing. And I hope in her head, she, she is reminded of how, like a lot of that is because of her, you know what I mean? Oh, and how we're, she, like, we're a product of our moms, you know, yeah, we're strong, totally. independent, <laughs> we're vocal. And, you know, I think I would say it's because of my mom and I can yeah. see that in your mom. I, you post about your mom a lot and yeah. you know, you always thank her for your childhood. And I right. think, I think our parents now, like you said, now that I'm older, I see, you know, maybe the contradictions they had to deal with, you know, they were open-minded, but then growing up, you know, raising ch children in a foreign country, it's mm -hmm. a lot to deal with. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It, so then, it, so then you weren't allowed to date. I wasn't either. Same, same sob story for like most brown people who grew up in the I, 80s yeah, and the 90s. Exactly. I think I was like, I was nominated for like home court or something, right? <laughs> my sophomore year. So it was kind of like, I have to go. And so my mom was like, okay, um, I, I just, I'm not sure about this, but then she got so into it, right? Like got me yeah. the dress and all this kind of stuff. But I think that kind of opened the door to saying like, well, mom, like if, if, you know, I want to, you know, hang out and be social in this. And she's very much the social butterfly. So I think that opened the door a little bit, but it was very like, yes, I don't think if I didn't push for it, I would have definitely been a lot more closed off than I think I was, you know? Yeah, no, it's innate. And I, you know, didn't have a prom date. I went to prom with a, a gay friend. So were you allowed really? to have a prom date? I was, I was allowed to have a prom date, but it was always like, you know, my friend, a friend, friend, a chaperone. Like there was always, exactly. you know, someone there. a group there. of people. We're all friends. We're going. Yeah. Never, you know, never fully discussed like being able to go on a date, but actually I take that back. There was this one guy who was very, I think confident. And he like asked my parents to ask me to prom. And so like, he was allowed to come into my house and he did this whole, like, thing with sweet tarts or something. And wow. it was like, you're so, oh, hot tamales and sweet tarts. I was like, you're so hot and sweet. Will you go to prom with me? And I was like, oh my God, I call my dad G money. I'm like, G money allowed this? Like, this is crazy. And so, you know. So they, guys liked you though. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, yes, I will say I was, I, I they definitely like, I, I feel like all of us went through an awkward phase, but I was definitely one of those that I don't know if it was, I made my, I mean, I was able to what's the right fit in, you know, yeah. I guess like fit in. And even if I was like the only Indian girl in my school, I think that also goes back to a lot of issues though, stemming from like the fact that I look ethnically ambiguous, right? Like 
oh, if you're with 80% Latina girls, like obviously you look like you're Latina or, you know, are you mixed or are you this? So I definitely went through the phase of like not wanting to be Indian, right? Because when I'd come home with Mendy on my hands or to school, people are like, what the hell is that? Like put a like though, or this and that. I was like, no. And so Indiana Jones, like I'll never get over being in like sixth grade, being asked if I eat monkey brains, you know, things like that. Yeah. And then as we got older, it started becoming very cool yeah. to be Indian, but there were definitely things that, I mean, I was always, I, I definitely felt like I fit in, but there were aspects of me that I felt like were up for banter. You know yeah. what I mean? They were always like, oh, well, I the one that, you know, probably does this. I remember for me, the biggest thing too, too was being ummy. People always said ami and I'd be oh, like, it's I just ummy. said ami. No, no, no. You said Ami. No, no, no. You said Ami. I mean, like, I think it's just interesting because I would always try to be like, well, it's like Ami Dummy. Like my brother calls me. I'm like, there doesn't make sense. It doesn't rhyme. I'm like, what? I guess it doesn't. The way yeah. it rhymes. But there were other people, like the few people that were Indian or maybe even a different culture. Their names, I remember, I had a friend named Ami and she literally just went by Amy. And I was like, well, at least I'm not doing a math no. because I don't, Jail. I didn't want that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. I was like, mm, no, it's, it's on me. At least you're trying, you yeah. know? Um, I think, I think it's also partly to do with Latinos because I have the same similar story. I was the only Indian in my school, but I wasn't really bullied or anything. And that's yeah. because we were all, I think, immigrants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you're right. Absolutely. You're totally right. You know? And I feel like, I don't know if you have this sense of like, um, I don't even know if it's, if it's like a skill set, but it's just like, you're, you're doing, you're doing the, the necessary things. You're trying to fit in, you're adapting. Right. And then you're like, but I'm keeping up with my set. Like I was able to keep up with my studies, but then also go hang out with the cool kids. Right. right? And then I was also like really into like ASB and student body. So I was doing that. And so I think it was just about like being very well-rounded in everything, um, and keeping up and, and really to what it was that was important to me. I don't know why it was, but it was really important to me to feel like I was accepted in this group and that group and every other group, which I think is good and bad. You know, I I definitely see like things now with my own kids that I'm like, listen, you guys be confident in who you are and what you want to do. And do not worry about trying to fit in everywhere. You know what I mean? Because I think like growing up also first generation American, our parents did try and be like, make sure you guys are liked by everybody make sure you fit in with everybody, make sure you are the top of your class, but then make sure you're like, you know, the most stylish. This was always a a huge issue for me. Like my dad was the one who always taught me. He's like, listen, you can be like the prettiest, cutest girl, but like 30 years from now, no one's going to give a shit, you know, like it's all like what's inside. And so like, as cliche as that is, that's something that I feel like early on, you really do learn, especially in this day and age where social media is you know, so evasive you're, it's around you nonstop and all you see is perfection, you know? So for sure. So then, so then you went to college, you went to Berkeley. Yes. Went to Berkeley and that's where, well, I I started dating my husband, but we had known each other forever because then this goes back to like, you know, a stereotype that like we were, (laughs) we were arranged and I'm like, my mom and his mom knew each other in India really well. Um, but when they all came to the States, like in the seventies, late 60s, seventies, they all kind of lost. Some of them kept in touch. Some of them lost touch. So my mom and his mom totally lost touch, which I think was a good thing. Cause had we known each other, it would have been very like brother, sister. Yeah. And so I remember I met him through a family friend. Like we went to go play basketball or something. And I was such a tomboy. I have an older brother that's six years older than me. So literally like we're 
vans and like knee shorts and Tasmanian devil shirts. Like this was, you know, yeah. early nineties. And so I met him and I was like, Oh my God, who is this cute little boy? Like I'm gonna, that I'm beating in horse and every other game possible. Yeah. And I literally told him like within the first two days of meeting him, like I was like, we're totally gonna get married. He's like, you're so weird. But I love that. I love when women, you know, own it and, you know, yeah. shoot their shot basically. Like yeah. I always say, shoot your shot. I asked out my ex-boyfriend and I also basically told my now fiance, like we're getting married. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. And, you know, I think sometimes people would lend that to like being naive a little bit saying like, oh, that's so cute. Cause you didn't know better. And so you didn't, I was like, actually, I kind of felt that way always. Like yeah. I always, when you know, you know, right. Exactly. And my mom was very much like that. Like my mom met my dad and in India. And like, she was like, he was the very cute, like quiet guy. And she was very boisterous and outgoing. And she's like, yeah, I was just like, listen, like, let's do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I just think that that's always the way I've been too. It's like, if you don't go after what you want, how do you know if you're going to get it? You know? So absolutely. And then you went to Boston university. Yes. So people was- don't know that. That's why I'm bringing that up because yeah, you actually yeah. have like a bachelor's and a master's. You're like yes. an educated queen. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I feel like for what I wanted to do, which was essentially what I'm doing right now, but in the TV world, I really didn't need to go get my master's, but I felt like two things. I remember going to Berkeley and I was like, well, it has a great communications program, but does it really have everything for broadcast journalism? No. Cause they only had a master's program in that. Um, but I was like, it's the name, right? Yeah. Berkeley's has a lot of weight. So, okay, I'll do that. And then for grad school, it was something I really felt like I was fulfilling something that my parents wanted me to do. Because if I was, God forbid, not going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, at least I had the credentials to back it up. So they could at their family parties be like, oh yeah, no, but you know, she went to grad school, you know? So I was like, okay. (laughs) So I did what I had to do. But honestly, I look back at that and I'm like, it was like the best two years of my life because I got the East Coast experience that I probably otherwise wouldn't. I was my husband was at business school on the other side of Boston. And that was one of my biggest rules. I was like, we've been together for like four years. So being so young, we were 23. I was like, you live on your end of, you know, the city and I'll live on my end. We're not living together. We're not doing any of that. And it was awesome. Cause like, you know, even professionally, I got to be exposed to so many, um, different outlets and things that I, otherwise, like I was thinking about USC. That's literally where I was going to go. I was very close to going there. And this, this actually became a huge thing because my husband had applied to two schools for grad school and it was either the Bay area or it was Boston. Okay. And I was like, I had applied to BU because he had applied in Boston. And then I would apply to NYU and I applied to USC and I ended up getting in wherever I wanted to go, but then he had only gotten into, um, HBS. And I was like, well, you can't pass that up because it's such it's a great Harvard. experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, yeah, you do that. I'll do USC. We'll be long distance. It's all good. He's like, are you sure? Like, why don't you just come and try it out? Like test it out for admit week and see if you like it. And I was like, <clears throat> what I don't want to happen is ever be resentful to you for making me make this decision. He's like, well, I don't want to make you make this decision, but I want you to see if this is something that you would like. And if it's comparable, like East coast version of USC, which actually it ended up becoming, but it was one of those things that I had to, for my own self, like at that age, feel very comfortable with, because, you know, like these are pivotal decisions in our lives at that age that you make. 
that in any step or point in our life, these are pivotal decisions that I feel like being the good Indian girl, yeah. of course, I'm going to follow my boyfriend at the time who has a very secure job and is going to an Ivy league business school, I should follow him. Right. Yeah. And so I wanted to be very clear that like, if I wanted to, I could make my own decisions. I'm good on my own. I don't, I can fall back on myself and that's all I need. So there was so much tug of war there, but I ended up going to Boston and it was honestly such a great experience. And I think it's true what you said earlier about East coast, West coast, having kind of experienced both living in New York. I think, you know, this might be a blanket statement, but being South Asian, there are a lot of opportunities on the East Coast. And you actually went on to work for, I mean, the list goes on. E! News, you're so modest. Because no, you never talk about this. E! News, you know, CNN, Inside Edition, and then you hosted a show on Oprah.com. Like how many people can say that? I know it was cool. You know, it's so funny. I feel like being in my generation, like, it was so cool. And at the time, and even now it's very cool to talk about and think about, like I got to take, I got to go go on tour with Oprah and meet, have my parents meet her and all that stuff. But it's just different because I feel like in this day and age, unless something happens now, everything's so fleeting, right? What happened three years ago is irrelevant almost. It's like, if it's not in the nine squares of Instagram, or if it's not happening or goes viral on TikTok, then really did it happen? And is it that important, but I, I love sharing that story. Cause I do think, especially for <clears throat> young girls or guys, or especially those that are South Asian that are coming up in this space. Like I did put in the work, you know what I mean? In a yeah. different way. And I was able to parlay that into something that it is now, because I think what happens is we're so used to, and I think generationally as we go and grow, it changes and it is shifting. But I think, especially when you and I grew up, it was very like, there was a very clear black and white box, right? You were put into a box. So you're either going for school for 10 years and you're going to have this vocation and do this and this, and there's no dreaming or thinking of doing anything else. And it was hard, especially for my parents to swallow. Cause I was like, oh, well, Hey, I'm not even gonna check that box. I'm just going to go straight into being like a creative. And they're like, what the hell does that mean? And what does that look like? And, and, and the initial reaction is, okay, well, we have to make sure that you are taken care of. Right. We have to make sure that you have a great husband that has a great job. And so when this passion project fades, you can like go and be a great wife. And I'm like, that's not at all the case. And it's hard because it's easier said than done because I, I did end up with someone that is, you know, an amazing partner and, um, could quote unquote, take care of me. But like, that's not what that's not how it went. You know what I mean? I I needed to put in the work to make sure like I knew even if it were for myself, like everyone will judge and can judge as I'm sure you obviously know, like subjecting yourself to national television, you know, it's something that like people are going to drop whatever thought they have of you. For sure. And I think in my case, I'm an anomaly because my parents, you know, were like, do not be a doctor. You will kill someone. Like you are not good at this. (laughs) No one in my house was like, you are brilliant. Go be an engineer. They were like, my dad actually told me, he's like, you should probably go to the Sorbonne in Paris and study fashion. And I was actually more Indian being, you know, practical thinking I should probably get an MBA just so I have something to fall back on while I pursue a career in fashion, which I did. And then, you know, the business stuff, like for you, maybe being at Boston University, for me, what I took from that was meeting some of the greatest people 
you know, I know yeah. to this day, you know, you meet exactly. people. That's what life right. is about meeting people. A hundred percent. Yeah. And meeting people and networking, I think is probably that's, what you can get out that's of. That's how everything any... happens. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so, uh, and of course putting in the work, right. And you right. did. And so I think that's amazing, but then you get married. Yeah. So you got yeah. married and yeah. I got married very young. I got married at 25. So which is I, not really I was... young. I think that was the norm. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it was the norm, but I will tell you, like, I look back now and some of my closest girlfriends, all of my roommates from Berkeley, who are some of my bestest friends, either married without children, newly married, married without children, single or divorced, you know? And so it's really interesting because there's a lot of women around me that are still looking for that and are looking at different options for what they have for like having a baby and things like that, which I think is very interesting. And I like it because it also keeps, it keeps me grounded and gives me a lot of perspective as to the women that are around me and how they're living life. You know what I mean? And what, what is out there. Um, and I think that's important though, because you got married because you also found the love of your life young yeah, and you wanted exactly. to, right. You right, know, exactly. No one yeah, made you. Him. Exactly. I found him. And, and, you know, yes, I, was ready to marry him like at 23, but I was like, that's kind of young. So we waited till end of grad school, got married. And I think one of the biggest things for us too, was I really, he wasn't, he is my best friend. You know yes. what I mean? So I think that is like one of the biggest things. I think people always ask like, what is the secret sauce or like, how do you know? And to me, especially since it's been so many decades that we've grown together, like this is gonna be our 15 year wedding anniversary this year, which is bizarre to me. Like we've now been together longer than we've been apart as adults or not even adults, our lives. We've been together for more than half our lives. And one of the things I always say is like, is this person someone that you could like shoot the shit with or be best friends with behind closed doors? Cause I think it's very easy on social media, in front of people at parties and stuff like that. But it's like, when the doors are closed, like, do you guys, are you guys very compatible? And that is the question. Like someone told me that once. And I was like, I always, I, I test that against everything. Cause it's really true. It's like, especially when you're thinking about growing a family, when you're thinking about making hard decisions, when it comes to work, relocating, you know, right. like things like that, uprooting your life and, and really making it about you and that person. It's like, one, do I not want to be selfish and just think about me? Am I ready to think about this other person? Am I ready to make every decision that is based off of the betterment of both of us and what, you know, our future is. And so I think that that is very important to look at. And for me, it's like people change, we all grow and, and that may sometimes grow apart, but like even the stuff like me and Viral tend to be big party animals. We party a lot, but like, he's definitely calmed down in the last like five, five, seven years, I'd say like, he's definitely you know, he's like, all right, now it's like, you know, time to get like that executive level head space yeah. and like, just kind of keep it. He's like, I don't have the time or the ability to really, the capacity it's to kind of let loose. Yeah. He's like, cause that then takes away from all this other stuff that I have to do, which I totally appreciate. And I respect because that's a lot, you know, whereas I'm like, Hey, I'm still living here. Like I'm 20. like, I still <laughs> feel like I'm 28. Same. Still feel like I'm constantly like, you know, yeah, living that life. But, um, I think it's a good balance that we take from each other, yeah. you know, like reel it in, give it out. I think, you know? I think that's fantastic. And, you know, you should always do what you want in your relationship. Like if you want to party, then you should party. There's no age limit. Like this is yeah. all, you know, restrictions society has put, like no one said yeah. stop partying. Right. No right. one, just, no one said that. Yeah. And it's all about like what doing in moderation. Right. And I yeah. think there are times where it's like, 
okay, let's, let's reel it in. Let's focus on this. Um, but I do think another thing, like, especially getting married at 25, one of the biggest things we spoke about was like, and I think having older siblings was very helpful with this was enjoy time being just married without children Absolutely, and have that luxury and have that, like, or even if you don't, even if you get married a little later in life, but having like that time to really do that was amazing because we got married at 25, but we spent five years traveling every year. Like it was a big thing, like do one big trip a year, do one small trip a year. Um, and then we had, we had our first baby at 30, you know? So I love that. And you know, I'm, this is currently cringing. That's the name of the podcast. So I'm going to be a little crass and say friendship before fucking. That's why it's working because you're friends. That's you have a foundation. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I will tell you, cause like, listen, after 20 years of being with someone, you're not going to like sit there and like every single, Oh my God, you look so hot right now. Like I just want to, you know, this is not going to happen. It's like, it has to be about like, you fall in love with the person because of who they are, their character and all that stuff. And I mean, that sounds so like, not probably what like 20 year olds here listening want to hear, but it's true as far as like building, like you said, a foundation that's going to last forever and ever and ever. Because let me tell you, once kids come into the picture, all that shit gets thrown out the window. Like there is no butterflies and roses I believe all the time. you. Totally. Yeah, you know? And now you guys move back to California yes. and you start this career. And this is now where I'm like, wow, what you've done, what you've built for yourself, what made you just start posting and quotation marks influencing and what made you want to do this? So it's funny because um, when I had moved out here, I started doing hair and makeup for brides and I realized South Asian brides specifically. And I realized it was because I got married in 2007, like before any of this stuff was anything right. Like before social media was, I think people had blog posts and I was like, how is it that I know how to do hair and makeup, but like nobody knows how to do it. And I'm like, I have skin tone. That's pretty agreeable to lots of people that go to Mac and whatever. I'm like, nobody knows how to do my makeup. Everybody wanted me to look like Cleopatra. Literally I would walk in a Mac store and I'd be like, I'm going to have an Indian wedding. Like, Oh my God perfect look. And I was like, no, I don't really want that. I want to look really, you know, soft and whimsical. And like, I don't want to do the traditional dark red lips, or even if I did, I want it to look more classic or not classic. I want to look my own version of it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so I started realizing that there's so much more out there. We don't again, have to stay in this box, right? There is this box that I felt like we had to have like tight, slick back hair, whatever. So I started doing hair and makeup, loved that. And then, um, left my full-time job as a producer to basically focus on hair and makeup. And then I got called back into that world because again, like we were talking about networking friends. So one of my friends, husbands works at own and he's like, Oprah's starting a digital network show. Like it'd be really cool. Like if you tried out for it, I was like, all right, I'll try out, tried out, ended up getting the show and it was awesome. And then I had two babies back to back in that time, Incredible. Um, which what I realized in 2017, when that was coming to an end, I was like, how the mom space wasn't there yet. As far as like being cool, you know, there was no such thing. And people, when I would pitch myself, people would be like, yeah, it's cool. But you know, I just don't think there's any, there's not a market for it. And I realized very early on that, like nowadays people do not want to hear your pitches. They need to see it. Right. So it's like, they need to see that your YouTube videos or your content actually has legs and then they're going to add stuff to it. So I was like, all right, I started posting. And then I realized someone told me who was actually doing stuff. They're like, when you post though, you got to do it with like intention now. Like, don't just post one, one day this week and then do it another day in yeah. a month. Like 
do it. If this is what you want to do, treat it like a job and do it. And I was like, you know what? You're so right. And it's exactly what I tell people now too. Cause like, it's especially hard as a South Asian. You're like, I'm just doing that for fun. I'm just doing it for fun. It's like, you know what? I stopped saying that a long time ago. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't do it. For, this is my job. Yeah. It's not for fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like sometimes we think that we're not going to be taken seriously. And I'm like, you know what? There are so many people and so many lives that we touch, however way that may be, we do touch them. And I feel like it makes a difference. And to me, I'm like, I'm really happy about that, you know, and I feel really proud about that. And so um, I started doing it and it was slowly that I started getting traction. And I remember one of my biggest, um, one of my biggest things was with Sephora in 2018, I think I started posting some stuff and I'll never forget if Zenith is listening, she was at the time, um, the head of social there. And she was an Indian woman. Okay. <clears throat> she reached out to me. She's like, you actually did my best friend's hair and makeup for her wedding. I'm so excited to see you starting to do stuff on social media. Um, like I work, I, I head up social, like let's do a one-year deal where like, you know, you post for us, we're going to repost you. And in 2018, this was like what? huge. And it's Sephora yeah. to this day. I think Sephora is every girl's brand deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was like the, the, you know, and at that dream time too, brand like, deal. Yeah. yeah. And if like someone, if someone of that caliber is posting you at that time, it had that conversion, You're legit. you know, where they, he, brands are looking at you, people are looking at you. And so I think that helped solidify and validate me. Um, and then from there, it just, it, what happened was I was like, I really want to see how I can, my first dream has always been being on camera. And so I was like, okay. how do I still keep that in there? And so started reaching out to my old producer friends. Hey guys, you guys ever need someone like on TV, this and that. And then one, a producer from the today show reached out and was like, I found your YouTube video on threading. Like, would you want to do stuff? So started doing that. And that kind of led to other shows. And now it's, it's something that I do. And I love it. Cause that feel fills my cup in a way that, you know, that stuff is not like my, where my bread and butter is like yeah. the brand partnerships are, but that is what fills my cup because I love the rush of being on live TV. I love being able to share all my little things that I'm like, no guys, you have to use this because yeah. this is what's going to make you And you better. see that. I see Thank that you. in your content. That's why, you know, I find you, you know, believable, you know, a lot of influencers or people on social media in general, not just influencers. Yeah. I don't really believe them, but with you, I feel like I want to buy everything she's talking about because I know you're using it. Well, I love that. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I really, and I, and I hope that's what comes across because it definitely can yeah. get it. I love when someone messages me and they're like, Oh my God, this, I literally have been using this technique for years now because of you. And then also, listen, I get my fair share of people be like, I tried this mascara and I didn't like it. I'm like, you know, I get it. It's sometimes it's like food. It's very subjective. Not for everyone. For me. Exactly. Um, but so, so, you know, and that's where I am now. And I will say like, for me, the biggest thing that I always like to give people as a takeaway, especially moms who are trying to do the hustle and like try and have their own thing. For me, my biggest motivator has always been, I want to be mom first, but I also in 10 years, cause literally my son, who's now almost going to be 10 is going to be out of the house in eight years. Yes. Right. And like, I do not, I feel like I'm still going to be young then. And I want to feel like I have something that I'm doing for myself. Right. I, and I, and I mean this in the best way possible, but I see like a lot of women in our, my mom's generation who kind of the kids leave the nest and they're left to being kind of like, what am I doing now? What, what am I doing in my life? That's always been a huge motivator for me and being like something that is my own thing that I get to have that yes. I'm like, this is what I do. And what that means in five years, I'm not sure. Like, I don't think I want to be in front of the camera necessarily, but we like, live hourly on this podcast. Yeah. Forget yeah. five years where I don't know what's happening at four o'clock. 
Like we are leaving, we live hourly here. That's what I we always it. say. So now you're an influencer, I guess. But how do you do it all? This was the number one question I had from for you from fans. Okay. How do you do it all? Because in my case, you know, I've been open about this. Yeah. I don't even have one child. I don't even have a pet. And I, you know, some things, you know, fall by the wayside. And yeah. I don't even have, you know, a family, quote unquote. So I don't know how to do it all. How are you doing it all? I think, you know, well, first of all, I think there's a lot of ways of saying like, what, what does having it all mean? I don't think that there's such a thing as having I, it all. Which I is hate that. when people say that also, yeah. because it's not true, because you can't do it all. You can't, you can't. And, and I very much equate it to like a balance, you know, like it's never 50, 50. And there's going to be times where like you're giving 60, 40 professionally or personally. And sometimes it's vice versa. And sometimes it's 2080 and it is what it is. Right. For me, it's all about like what you, you have to prioritize what it is that's most important to you first. And for me, that's always going to be family. And then everything falls second. Um, and I find myself very fortunate. I always say this very fortunate to say that, like, I have the ability to do that. Cause there, I feel like now I'm at a point where like, I am financially exactly where I want to be. And I can, you know, let certain things go and say like, but in the beginning, like you're literally working for free, you know, for the first year that I was doing this, I was working for free. And I was very fortunate that I had a partner who was very like understanding and supportive and being like, all right, like, don't worry about it. Like, yes. you know, focus on what it is you need to do. And I think as a strong Indian woman, woman, you're, we're taught to be like, no, you got to hold your own, you know? Um, yeah. so very grateful in that sense. But I do think that so much of it comes from like, just knowing what it is that you want to do and going after it. You know what I mean? Having like, a plan and a like, vision. Yes. Having a plan and a vision and not letting anything waver you from that. But when it comes to having it all, it really is to me, I will say like after having kids, there's never been anything like it that has ignited my motivation in life. And also it has taught me how to be so efficient with my time. There is no such thing. I'm like, there's 24 hours in a day. Yeah. My kids sleep 10 hours of that time. Okay. 14 hours. I, and like, that's how I, I don't sleep. My, I sleep like maybe five hours. Okay. How do you have five hours of sleep and you look fantastic? <laughs> I owe that to being able to do hair and makeup. <laughs> I, I mean, you probably, you watch me on my stories. I don't always look. No, you fantastic. always look fantastic, but I'm going to say what I say. It's because you invest in your skin. Yeah. You know what? Actually very true. I invest very in my skin. People ask yeah. me like, oh, how do you look young? I'm like, well, I pay for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I will say absolutely. You know, for sure. Like that's something from a very young age. I've always been, you know, my mom like took me to the dermatologist when I became a teenager. And I think from, I I've always had that kind of ingrained in my head, like skincare without good makeup, you know, you can't have good without good skin. There's no good makeup. And so I learned that very early on. Um, and so, yes, I do agree to that. And it's hard because there are things that like circumstances you just can't control like pregnancy hormones, all these things that affect you, age, yeah. all of it. And I always think about my girlfriends who are like, I'll tell you, there's nothing like being postpartum four days and then, you know, having your photographer reach out like, so newborn photos, <laughs> we need to do that like now. And you're like, really? Like, I'm still wearing the diapers from yes. the hospital. You want me to get ready and like, look, all put together. Like, how is this even happening? And I'm like, for me, I can do that in my sleep, right? But yeah. I think about some of my girlfriends who literally don't know how to do that. And it is hard because that is such a shot to like 
your confidence and everything. Cause these right. are pictures that you obviously want to last forever. Cause yeah. it's a milestone, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of women who look back and they're like, I wish I would have just done the taken the damn pictures because it was such a huge moment for me to capture, but I was so concerned about myself and like, meaning not in a selfish way, but like, I was so concerned that like I was going to ruin the pictures. Yeah. So I just opted out of them. And so, you know, when in doubt, ladies, if you're listening, it's like, just, just do those capture those memories because, you know, it's about the little people and it really, it, it makes the world a difference. So. Yeah. And yeah. it's a memory. And, you know, I will say I come from like the school of like auntie Chitra, my mom. Yeah. And, you know, she always says like, it's, easier said than done. But she's like, I wake up and make an effort to look good. So sometimes you just have to get up and do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is people like, especially during COVID, you know, it's a hard time, which I think some of us are still going through. Like it was one of those things where, how do you, how do you have self-preservation? How do you like keep yourself stable? I was homeschooling two kids and pregnant and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Right. And there were moments where I literally was like, what am I doing? And I had, I was that person that would wake up 10 minutes before my kids and do like a facial because I was like, it just keeps me balanced or go to bed later and finish whatever to the, you know, you know, things that make that fill your cup. Right? right. And that's exactly right. And so that could, that could be running. That could be exercising. That could be meditating. That could be doing yoga, whatever yes. it might be for me. I love having those five minutes and just doing something with my skin or makeup. And that's what makes me feel good. Right. I understand. Um, like my mom says, it, she likes doing it. It makes her feel good. She yeah. likes dressing up, looking good. That right. fills her cup. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that like, you know, as far as like going back to the question of like having it all and doing it all, it's like, there is no right answer there. It's about what how you define success. And I think this applies to everybody in every one of their lives. If you do this exercise once, or I'd say every five years, you do this exercise where it's like really looking at what it is, your goals are your short-term and your long-term goals and saying like, in that, in that set of goals that you're looking at, what falls in priorities. And if you're focusing constantly, it's like having that to-do list and knowing you're not going to knock everything off of it, but knowing that you're chipping away at the things that are really important to you. If you're checking those off and you're slowly filling them, that is, in my opinion, having it all right. And being able to do it all because it's about that balance. And like, I'm not going to get to everything. I'm, there are times where I have to forego so many cool opportunities because it just doesn't fit with my schedule with the kids. Yeah. And that's something that I am comfortable with because I know that is my trade-off. Like I think about it sometimes I'm like, I'm a 40 year old woman, like, Ami, stop, you know, wallowing in whatever it is that you're like, Oh, I don't have this. And I don't, it's like, get over it. Like you're so freaking lucky. You get to wake up and do everything that you want to do every day in life. You have three healthy, beautiful children. And it's like, go do now what you need to do, right. To like make that more full filling, more fulfilling and and make that better for your kids. And so again, there are things that you're never, you're going to have to say no to in order to make room for and say yes to. And I honestly believe that that is the new definite or should be the definition of like having it all and really balancing it. And I always say, you know, if you can get help, use the help. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, this is a forever. It takes a village. We know that from our our parents, you know, they say that too. It totally takes a village. Like I get asked probably the most, probably the two things I get asked the most on my own DMs, like how, like one, which I think is hilarious. And I think that tune has changed a little bit, but people will be like, 
how does your husband let you do what you do? And I'm like, what? Like, what that's are you talking odd. about? Yeah, that's a so strange bizarre. question. Yeah. And I'm like, um, well, we're a equal partnership and, you know, like we hold our own weight in, in how, in how we construct our marriage and our family life. So that's weird. Um, and then two is like the, the second most asked question is like, how do you not feel, I don't know. There's it's, it's weird. It's like, how do you get to do what you get to do? But then how do you also do what you do without feeling guilty? Like the mom guilt, I think is a big, is a big thing that people always ask about. And um, well, I feel like you're with your kids like 90% of the time. I am, I am, <laughs> but, 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 and then they, but you know, and so they say, they ask about mom guilt and for me, my answer is always back. I'm like, I have help. Like yeah. I have help and oh, I yeah. people get embarrassed about saying no. it. And I'm like, I have a full-time nanny who started out as not full-time. It's really interesting because my, my husband grew up with his mom taking care of him full-time, right? Yeah. I grew up in a household with two working parents. So I knew what that lifestyle was very much about. And I knew very early on for me, I want to be present with my kids, but me being present with my kids also means that I would be taking away from that being present by trying to do other things I had to do. And that to me actually is so, it cancels out me being present. Yeah. Me having help allows me the four hours that I need to have like in a day, like that is what I allow myself pretty much from 10 to two to do what I need to do. So that way at 2 PM, when that hits, I can actually go pick up my kids because for me having that 20 minutes in the car with my kids is time that is priceless because they can't go anywhere when they want to see you, you know, they want you to pick them up and they want to talk about their day and eat their little snack. And I feel like that's a job. You just said it. It's a job. So you wake up, you know, you do your thing, you get the kids ready and then you have to work from 10 to two. You have a job. Right. And, and, you know, and I'll say that in between that. So like, even if I wake up at six 30, I wake up at six 30, I'm with Kai, I'm doing all the things, getting the kids ready for school. And then, you know, I make sure I make my like health and fitness priority. And it's funny. Cause like I work out, I share all these stories on Instagram and everything. And I'm like, I work out, but honestly it has changed for me a little bit. Whereas I feel like 10 years ago, it was very much like, I need to fit into this and I need to look good at this yes. for me. Now I realize, especially like in my forties, like it has so much to do with like my strength and like being strong enough. So that way I am able to do things and keep up with my kids. So if I change my diet, yeah. I'll be in those size zero jeans, but I'm not yeah. <laughs> because I, you know, I love yeah. to eat. Health, <laughs> health becomes a priority. And then yeah. another question I have for you yes. from fans is how did you decide to have three children? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a question I get asked a lot. So for sure we knew we wanted to, I think we actually, I have this like on my highlights on about me on my Instagram page. We actually always said when we were younger, we always wanted three and we always said boy, girl, boy. So random. Then I had a boy and a girl and I got pregnant with my second very early. Like I was not expecting it. My son had just turned one and I was pregnant and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I felt like I was at the height of my professional career. I was starting to do things. I was really pissed. Actually. I was like, how come I'm the one that has to have the burden of being pregnant now and you don't have to. And like, you know, all these things go through your head. And then looking back, I was like, so awesome that that was so close together. It just made life easier. Um, when my daughter turned five, I think we were like, God, we don't have a baby anymore. Like she's, that's it, you know? And at that point, um, we were kind of like, all right, do we try? And I was like, I'm good. I'm good. We're not, we, we don't need to, you know, I'm just thinking about myself and like, oh my gosh, like being pregnant and like all the postpartum stuff and nursing again. And this, my husband was like, I really, really want to have a third. I was like, really? 
I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's try, but let's not try. Like, I was like, I got off my ID. Yeah. Or like, if it happens, we'll give it six months. Cause at this point I'm 37. Yeah. And I was like, kind of, you know, I'm like, am I kind of there or yeah. not? Should I not be? And within two months I got pregnant. And so it Amazing. kind of was one of, you know, I think we both had to be on board, but we were not taking it as seriously as I thought some do. And I think one of the biggest questions I get asked also from women who are over 35 are like, did you have problems conceiving? What did you do? And I'm always like reluctant to share. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't have problems, but that doesn't mean that everyone has it easy right. and that there and, aren't people that don't have problems. And if you that know? was your story, that was your story. Yeah. You tried yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have this beautiful baby, which leads me to my next question from fans. Yeah. Um, how do you respond to people that say you're posting your children on social media too much. And I'm sure you get that all the time. Yeah. Uh, what is your answer? I, you know, I tend to have a very nice community of family. Like I call them on Instagram, you know, who are pretty, I think more empathetic and very nice. And so even if someone has something to say to me, most of the time, it's very constructive criticism um, or packaged in a very nice way. I like to say the sandwich method, something yeah. nice and like, mm, we'll do this. Now. I think, you know, listen with parents. And I think as women, especially you learn this as you become a mom, like moms can be both the most supportive group of women, as well as the most mean girl group of people too. And it's weird. And I don't know why we do it. I think it's the lack of sleep. And I think also the pressure that women have on them to, to kind of uphold this idea of what a modern mom is supposed to be, which is perfect in every way. And, and so if you see yourself lacking in someone else, it's all of a sudden, like you're projecting, it's right? Projection, and yeah. So, yeah. And so I think a lot of it is, um, really taking it with a grain of salt, what I will say, and I got this piece of advice before my first, and I think it's probably the one rule that has always held to me, which is only seek advice and information from those that you find yourself to be the most like parent-wise. So like, I will come to, you know, my girlfriend who I'm like, I love your parenting style. I feel like we're very similar. I'm going to seek your advice. And if people give you their own opinions and what you should be doing, take it if you want. But like, if it's unsolicited, like in one year, out the other, you know, like, great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Like you parent your way and I'll parent my way. But I really do think that like, with that said, there are people in my life that are different than me and parent different than me that I still really seek their advice. And I say it and I, and I mean, I, I take it with such respect because I'm like, you're making me think in a different way, right? right? Like my friends who I have that are my closest friends that I grew up with that are very private with their lives. They're like, well, have you ever thought about A, B, and C? I'm like, you know, I never thought about it that way. And so thank you, because that does help me put my guard up and it allows me to be a little bit more conservative with certain things. Cause I am like, I am such a, I feel like I have such a free spirit and I'm always very open and I'm very like, no, everybody thinks the best of everybody in this world. And it's yeah. like, we know that that's not true. And I'm 40 and I'm still thinking that way, yes. you know? So it scares me because I want to be able to teach my own kids that like, not everybody is, not everybody wells wish on us, wishes yeah. well on us. Right. Um, and so I hate that mentality because I wish well on everybody, but you know, that that's not the real world, especially in our community. We are yeah. seeing it more and more like the we're seeing the respect or uh, for one another and that, that, you know, collaboration over competition come through, but it's hard because you still see a lot of it. That's yeah, not real. Yeah. I mean, 
that's a whole different podcast episode, right? Yes. Like, but I think, you know, it's your family and it's your child. So yeah. that's kind of yeah, your answer. Exactly. And in my case, you know, I've had a similar situation where I put all of my stuff out there on TV. And, yeah. you know, I've decided in the same way you have the people that matter to me, that are important to me, those are the people, you know, I'm, I value their opinion. And that's yeah. my close friends and my parents. Right. Yeah, exactly. If exactly. my mom says something, then yeah, it's going to affect me. But right. someone who I don't really know, or just, you know, even a casual acquaintance, it's not really yeah. going, like like you said, in one year out the other. Yeah. And also like with the kids thing, back to that really quick, is that one of my biggest rules of thumb is when they're little, obviously they don't have a say in it, but now my kids are older. And so if they don't want to be a part of it, I actively, I'm like, all right, yeah. I won't put you on it. You know? So like, that's why sometimes you'll see two and not three. Yeah. Or you'll see, you know, Kai, unfortunately is in that situation. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're in it. Cause you can't tell. Okay. Me. But he's like a Gerber child. He's like, he's perfect. He's so he's perfect. A he's a sweetheart. So then another question. Yes. Before we wrap up, because you're full of gems as well, Ami. Oh. So we're going to ask three beauty secrets. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yes. And then okay. I have one final question for all the single ladies. And we'll get into that. And, you know, we'll say bye, okay. but I could talk I to you it. for hours. Um, okay. I know. I feel like we could talk forever. Okay. Beauty secrets. I think one of the biggest things I talk about this all the time, and I'm sure it's out there already, but like SPF, no matter who you are, how old you are, just wear your damn SPF like every day. And literally like two fingers full of SPF. Some people like, yeah, I wear that much. It's like, no, no. SPF is something we should have an abundance of. Make sure it's a minimum of SPF 30, but you know, higher SPF is great too. Um, really doesn't matter if it's mineral or chemical, just put your sunscreen on and make sure it's coming from like here all the way down to here. Cause this is the area yeah, like forehead to neck guys. Like, yes, exactly. Decollete, like hands, Always, everything. Basically. Yeah. Yes. It needs to be there. And like, doesn't matter rain or shine and doesn't matter if you're indoors or outdoors because the blue light, all of that stuff is affecting us. So people, especially during COVID, they're like, we don't need to wear sunscreen. I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah. Like, do you not sit out of the sun and like, you know, like out of a window and all that stuff? Like, yes. So SPF all the time, because again, that's the whole theory of like good skin leads to good makeup. And that's yeah. what really, then I feel like allows you no matter at what age, you know, you feel like, Oh, I feel great. Like I'm putting this tinted sunscreen on. It's not settling into my fine lines, whatever. Um, another beauty secret I would say is wash your face every night. I went through it. Listen, I did it too. Like in my twenties, there were nights where I was like, I'm just not getting to it. I'm not ripping the lashes off. Yes. not taking the mess. Clean your off. face, clean your face. And I'll tell you like, ideally not with a makeup wife, if you have to resort to that, but please don't use a makeup wipe and just wipe, wash your face. Especially like I will say for South Asian women, one of the biggest areas of concern is the under eyes, right? Dark under eye circles, uh, more hollowed in yes. concavity in their eyes. That is the one area that is the most thin, fragile skin that we have. And if you think about it, if you're wearing a mascara and you're closing your eyes and you're sleeping for, you know, seven to eight hours, that all that makeup is just settling into your under eyes and you don't see it now but it's when you're 40 that you start realizing the repercussions yes. of all the stuff we did. Right. So it's like, really take the time if you can. And I'm telling you, it can be simple. Like it doesn't need to be the 10, 10 you know, nine step Kim Kardashian yes. routine. It can be three steps, cleanse your face, ideally double cleanse at nighttime, moisturize, and then put, or put a serum on, um, that addresses whatever you need. And then a moisturizer. Yes. And that is, you know, probably the biggest thing I would say. And then 
Honestly, the last one is sounds so cheesy, but like, I think it totally radiates. It's like, be good with yourself. However you can, like, you got to be good with yourself because if you're not, it comes across. Happy girls are the prettiest. Exactly. You know? And I think that's probably the biggest thing is like realizing. And I tell my daughter this all the time and even my son in different aspects of it, but it's like, we can admire someone else's beauty without questioning our own. And it's the same thing. It's like this whole game of comparison. It really is out there, but just remember that like, just because you don't have what that person has, because you think you need that in order to do whatever it is in life that you think it is. It's not true. You know, we all bring to the table our own special, unique qualities that people are, that people seek out. And it's, it's this imposter syndrome is totally valid and it's true. Like I have it. I'm sure you have it. Like I always think like when moms come in and they're like, we love following. I'm like, why? Like, what do I offer that? Like so-and-so doesn't like that person's so much prettier than me. And that person's so much more fit than me. Why would I motivate you to do things? And it's like, just remember like you are you. And that's what brings that gift is you. You're the gift. Exactly. And so I really do think like being a good person and having those kind of qualities does radiate and it does make you like a beautiful person on the outside. So and then easy. Super <laughs> easy. Easier said than done. But yes, great advice. Easy and cheesy. But cheesy. It works. we love to cringe, right? This is currently cringe cringing. We're exactly. we're cringing. So we're now cringing. final question. And I think yes. at the end of the day, we try to help people here just have a positive mindset, yes. find love and all that stuff. A lot of single fans, right? They want to know tips, like what can they do? And I love that they asked you because I will say when I was single, yeah, I wanted advice from people who had successful marriages, like right. the aunties, my mom and her friends, like they're all in these great marriages. They're yeah. successful and, you know, they don't sugarcoat. They're like, it's hard. We've had ups and downs. Yeah. They've been married for 40 something years. I was asking aunties for dating advice. And so I think it's great to ask sure. someone who has a successful long-term marriage for advice. Yeah. What is yeah. your advice for the single girls out there? I personally think it's that if you can put that person's needs, wants, desires, passions, priorities right next to yours, and if not above yours, that I think is a very good telltale sign that that is someone that you want in your corner for life. You know, like basically once you start becoming in a relationship with someone that you're like, gosh, your wants and desires actually reflect what I want to, because I want to see you thrive. And I want to see you become the best person that best version of yourself that you can be. I think that's when you no longer are all about just me, right? It's no longer just about like what I want, but what you want too, because that then is also going to reflect on what we want as, um, as a unit. You know, I think that is probably the biggest telltale sign. And, and that takes some maturity, you know, it takes maturity and it takes a lot of work within ourselves too, to be like, gosh, I'm putting someone else ahead of me, you know, but we learn that as we get older too. Like if you choose to have children, you're going to notice that, you know, like when you start having kids, like their needs come before yours always, like they're going to eat before you do. Yeah, (laughs) no, definitely. And I also think knowing what you want and putting yourself out there, obviously, you know, you're not going to find anyone sitting at home. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I agree. And, and you know what, that, to, to, to be fair too, I have one of my closest friends in life who I've known since college, best girl ever, and literally so open and so vulnerable and so honest and like badass businesswoman, everything, super cute, everything. And she hasn't been so unlucky in love. And 
you know, we have these conversations. She's like, why? Why? Like, I feel like I'm not a rigid, like hard ass woman. That's like, oh, I need this, this, and this. I'm very open. And I'm like, it's so hard. And I never know what to say, you know, cause I'm like, it's just not your time, but what does that mean? It's yeah. not fair. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I met someone last year. Uh, I will be 38 this year and I've been in relationships before, but I think it's something if you want it, you have to just keep going, rinse and repeat, like everything in life, yeah. right? You just have to keep going. And right. at some point, this has a negative connotation, but everyone settles. And when I say yeah. everyone settles, I mean, everyone finds their person and that person is not going to have everything you're looking for. So let's say you want 10 things. You find someone that has six or seven. That's yeah. okay. But that goes in line with exactly what we were just saying earlier, which is that their wants and desires become your own. It's almost yes. like a meeting of the two wants and desires. And it's, so it's like, there's five out of the 10 things that he has or she has. And they, you know, maybe six to eight, six to nine yeah. is actually just a different adaptation of number seven through 10 that you had on the list. Right. So it's just very interesting. Like it's the meeting of the minds and also just like, like you said, settling. And I think what's the better way we could say it? it's almost like it's not settling. It's, 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 um, compromising. compromising. I think compromising, right. It's like compromising and saying like, I'm still going to do all of these things. And for me, it's like, I'm still going to do them, just do them on my own, but I want to meet you. And I want to do this whole thing with you. Absolutely. And you know, that's your friend who you described. That's a lot yeah. of women. I mean, that was me, like yeah. someone that has it all going on. They look great. You right. know, they're intelligent. They have their own life, their own business, whatever. But sometimes you just have to keep going. You don't know yeah. when it's going to happen, but you have to right. know that it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like you said, and, and that I think applies in every aspect of our life, right? Like, And there's with... no guarantees. My mom told right. me, like, you may be engaged now. Hope you get to the altar. Like, you know, like right. there, you, you don't know. Right, you just right, have right. to, you know... Take, make decisions, take risks and yeah. keep going. And, and, and to that point too, it's like, don't give a shit about what other people think about you. You Never. know what I mean? Cause yeah. I think that, especially in our society, it's really hard because there, everyone passes judgment and we need, and we feel the need to always uphold this, like, you know, like, Oh my God, this person didn't like me. Wait, this person said this, but it's like, no, who cares? Like yeah. you do you. And you know, at the end of the night, when you lay down, you're a really good damn person. Like that's all you need to know, yeah. you know? I love that. I love ending with that. And where can people find you on social media? You can find me on at Ami Desai on Instagram. That's primarily where I am. You need a TikTok, honey. You'd blow up. I know. I have one. I just need to get on it. Get on it. Get on it. it. I'm going to get on it. We need to see you there too. (laughs) I know. We will. We'll get it. You're motivating me now. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Ami. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai.